One of the biggest things that women ask me in Ramadan, other than getting closer to Allah or I'm struggling with my prayers or, or, or fasting is hard in general, is what do I do when I have my issues of menstruation? I can't pray. I can't fast. How can I stay connected? I mean, pregnant breastfeeding women, they kind of fall into a similar car uh, category where they are like, oh, I'm going to be disconnected. And there's all this negative, how do I say, um, emotions around menstruating. And now I'm not going to be able to connect with Allah. And now I'm not not the case today inshallah ta'ala we're going to make sure you get exactly what you need to understand how this time is not a time where things are going to get lighter um, or you're going to get like less connected with a lot no no not at all inshallah ta'ala with this episode we'll give you two huge tips and some examples that will get you on your way to being just as connected inshallah ta'ala <laughs> Hello, Sama Alaikum. Welcome to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you in Ramadan three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with all types of inspiration and tips to help you make the most of your Ramadan. Outside of Ramadan, we do two days a week and help with all types of lifestyle um, issues that women go through, whether it is, you know, trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing in life and your career and parenting and marriage issues and trying to find a spouse. And that's hard in itself. We're about to do stuff for that coming up in June. So if you're a young female that is looking how to find a spouse two times a year we always put out like a block of information on that so get ready because we definitely help women we've been helping women for 20 years and inshallah business island what you're going to get at the podcast today is some help on how you can stay connected with Allah in times when usually women feel like this is their dip well it shouldn't be and it doesn't have to be anymore so after this podcast you'll have some information that will help you to understand how to make that change and so happy to be with you just want to give a quick shout out to all of the beautiful women who are in the Ramadan recharge program program. I want just to say that we have all been really connecting and supporting each other. I am incredibly impressed with how well they have been just like cheering each other on, showing up. See, the thing is in Ramadan, like I told you guys before, a lot of people dip in the middle of Ramadan. They end up disappearing, falling off, breaking their fast, not wanting to tell people about it. Like we know that happens. But when we're together strong as women, we lift each other up. Some women are sad. Some women are going through extreme losses of marriages, of children, but they're there together and they're holding each other up. And it's just absolutely wonderful to see. I'm incredibly impressed. Likewise, with my beautiful Thrive Sisters, you guys know we have a global um, um, sisterhood and that we opened up once a year. We opened it in Ramadan and just a whole bunch of women flooded in. And we're now all supporting one another and sending each other beautiful inspirational things and pick-me-ups. And for those of you who don't know, the difference between what I'm trying to do here and social media is in social media, women often feel like very not supported they feel if anything kind of like ostracized like they have to put their best face on they have to like smile pretend life's awesome even though they're going through a divorce um even though they're going through depression i have a lot of women that go through depression and they're on social media wanting help but when you like expose your like i'm sorry like it's really hard for me to watch sometimes on a facebook group any random facebook group on facebook a woman will come out and say something that's really painful. And what she's really doing is trying to connect. She's like, hey, guys, you know, I'm going through this. Any advice? You know, women do that. Like, any advice? And some women give beautiful advice. And then some women are like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you even doing that anyway? Da, da, da. You know, it's just like 
like it's just the responses are so varied where it's criticism, ridicule, positive vibes. Like it's just like, and the woman, depending on the woman, she could take that anyway. And so, you know, where I am, what I'm trying to create in the village that I am in all the spaces that I'm creating, we have an online school. A lot of you guys ask me what we do and stuff. We have free classes and we have actual courses. And then we have an entire private community where we mentor women. And you guys, I just want to say this last thing with that. Um, it's meant to be a safe space. Finally, a safe space, not just like you wish there was one, there is one, it already exists, we made it, alhamdulillah, but the thing is, we're right after Ramadan, just wanted to make this announcement for those women, I'm very excited because Pathways will be opening up, it's been locked this time because we've been prepping it for you, but after Ramadan, shortly after Ramadan, maybe within a week, um, Pathways will officially open up, very, very excited, we'll probably take a week off for Eid, but then like, very excited, we'll be opening up and giving you access to avenues on how you can fix things in your life, whether it's parenting or um, what is it like marriage issues or self-esteem issues? We're going to be giving you access and some of the access will be mini hints into our courses. So very excited for that as well. And we have our mentorship program, which just began and the women are getting paired with mentors as we speak. If you haven't gotten a mentor, you could always get on the waiting list. We'll do a six week cycle every time. And inshallah, you can get some individual support a week by week, so I'm going to check in with you. All right. So I'm just wanted women to know that you don't have to be alone. That stuff is out there. I want to give a shout out to those women and say how incredibly proud I am of the beautiful work these women are doing in this positive space. All right. So let's get right into today. I'm going to give you two big tips, just two. And you're like, well, what am I going to do with two tips? Usually you give me like four tips. You give me five tips. Well, inshallah, doesn't that today we're going to give you two big tips. But in the second one, or maybe give you loads of examples of things you can be doing. And inshallah, doesn't that I'm telling you, I don't want you just to be like, oh, that sounds, actually do them and you will see the barakah in it. But I implore you, like only you can motivate you. We can give you all the tools in the world. If you don't get up from Fajr, we can't make you pray. If you don't like actually go and open the Quran, we can't make you read it. And I want women to understand that I think sometimes they're always looking for somebody to motivate them. Yes, they can give you a boost. Me, any other sheikh online or sheikha or whatever, you know, and but you have to actually yourself at some point say enough is enough. I want to change my life and do that. So I just want to say today, we're going to be giving you those two tips in Shalab Isn't but you have to actually implement them. All right, let's get right on into it. So tip number one, which is a big one, which is the one I feel like is the big problem for most women is you, we have to make a mindset shift. And you're like, goodness gracious, does everything you ever talk about have to start with a mindset shift? Absolutely. Because the most our problem in life is that we are negatively thinking and reacting instead of positively or mindfully approaching things and responding. So as a woman, the more you get like older and you start to get wiser and all these amazing things, you know, everybody wants to be a bit wiser. Okay. It comes with slowing down because as women, we're like, okay, slowing down, reflecting and making better decisions and understanding that that beginning, how you approach things says a lot about how the rest of the whole situation is going to go. So when it comes to our menstruation, a lot of us think that it's like the worst time of the month. Oh man, it's going to be this. I won't be able to pray. I won't do this. But here's the thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-adl. He's most just. He didn't give you um, a deficiency in this time. See, everybody made it like we made it a deficiency. Allah never made it a deficiency. First of all, let's just, let's just phrase. It is a mercy 
some women have really, really bad pain. Some women get extremely extreme like migraines and, and they get like really uh, bad fatigue. It is a very painful time for a lot of women. So Allah is giving us a mercy. It is not a punishment that we can't fast. It's not a punishment. So let's give Allah credit for how absolutely loving and merciful and considerate he is. We're always like, we want people to be considerate and care. Well, Allah is like, look, I know it's hard. Don't, don't stress yourself out. Do what you can. And so alhamdulillah. But then you, some women are like, well, I want to do more than what I can. I want to do this and this and this. I don't want my connection to dip. So today I'm going to tell you how you can still keep that connection. But I want to first just like lay it out that we have to stop with the negative thinking because Allah is not making it negative. We are. Okay, let's get real about that. So we need to stop thinking of menstruation equals no ibadah, no connection. If we keep that mentality, nothing's going to change. So that's on you and that's on every other sister out there and that's on me. Menstruation equals no ibadah, no connection. No more. Throw it out. Write it on a piece of paper, crinkle it up, throw it in the garbage. That's not what we're thinking anymore. What we're thinking about instead is menstruation equals a different type of ibadah and the same possible connection. A different type of ibadah, a different type of worship. When I say ibadah, different type of worshiping, okay? And at the same ibadah, at the same connection, okay? So what I want you to do is say, okay, this is the time of the month where I do different things to connect with Allah. And some women are like, but it's not the same. When I pray, it's I'm more connected. No. I need to also understand that, that certain acts of worship might help us more, but they're not the be all end all. And if we don't have them, we can't connect. That is an absolutely wrong approach. I don't know why. I don't know who made that up because none of the Sahaba made that up. Rasul didn't make that up. That is completely fabricated by human beings. Salah is not the only way to connect with Allah. It is a major way, but it's not the only way. And if you don't have it, you can't connect. That is absolute nonsense. So please take that out your head. Whoever told you that or whatever you got influenced by that, that needs to go because that's not going to help you at all in connecting with Allah. If in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I'll do these things, but really, what? like, just stop. It's not true. It's just really not true. So let's talk about what we could do instead. That is way, way, uh, it's going to give us the complete ability to just connect with Allah because let me tell you where connection with Allah comes from. It comes from a sincere desire and a passion for it. Like there's a ton of things I can tell you that will help you do it better. Like I had an Instagram post the other day that was like, I'm in nature. I like to be in nature. I like to feel the breeze. Oh my gosh. It's just like I step out of my house. My house could be, let's say, stressful with kids. I'm a, I'm a mom too, right? Step outside my backyard. And um, you might have seen in some of my Instagram, I'll show you like how I have couches. I put up like little um, Edison lights. And, you know, I made it like some, I, we planted some flowers this year. We wanted it to be like a, a little bit of a refuge, especially with COVID. You know, you sort of refuge to go outside. And subhanAllah, that's what it is. Like right now I'm listening to the wind outside and I want to go outside because I see the trees blowing. I see the birds chirping. I see the flowers swaying. And I imagine myself sitting on my little, I have a little bit of a couch outside and just have my book open or my dial open and just connecting with Allah. And so that's all it takes is a, is a strong desire. Like I want to jump out the window right now and go do it because it's so peaceful. And it feels so good. And I can hear the silence of myself. And I could hear the silence of connecting with Allah. And these things, and, and, and then, hey, some sister is going to be listening to the podcast and be like, hey, I don't have a backyard. I don't have this. I can't see. This is that mentality again. The, the what is that called? The diff, like, you're always working in deficiency mode. Like, well, I don't have, so I can't. 
um, the other day, the other day, um, my, I was talking to a woman who was really struggling with her children. She has a lot of children. She has three, three children, um, under the age of three and they're all boys. And I, you can imagine for a woman who's trying to have a nice Ramadan. Okay. So when you're, if you're single out there, feel for a mother like that. Right. And she's really trying. She wants to connect. She's trying, 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 but it seems like so worthless because the, the kids won't let her do anything. The baby's teething. This is that like, everything is hard. It's so hard. And then I was reminded, um, I was talking to, um, my son-in-law about, um, the work in Sudan. A lot of you guys know we were, we were, um, we're promoting, um, feeding families in Sudan. It's on my Instagram. You can, uh, you can make a donation if you want. My family goes and does that, uh, my in-laws. And, uh, we were talking about some of the families there. And one of the families, he told me, he said, you know, there was one mother that my brother went to visit. He said, and, um, he went to go give her the food. And, you know, in Sudan, sometimes there are buildings that they're not completely built and they just like abandon them because they can't finish them. You know, money doesn't come in for the contracts or whatever, and they don't finish them. So this particular woman that he was delivering the food to was living in a basement, an unfinished basement in an unfinished building with her son in a wheelchair. And he said that he had to get down there. It was very hard. So imagine the woman, it's hard for her. She's alone to care for the child, the child's in a wheelchair, and then she's the sole provider. So she has to leave him disabled in a bed while she goes out and works and comes home, hoping nothing happened to him because she has no other help. And, you know, before you put the mom judging on, like she is impoverished and her child is disabled and she has to leave him. Would any mother leave a disabled child all day? Never. But you know she's doing it because she has nothing else. She would starve to death and the child would starve to death. So she has to go out, try to make any money as fast as she can and come back to the child and care for the child. But she's doing it in in completely difficult conditions. So if you're struggling right now to do your basic day to day, you know, and and you're having a nice fluffy bed and you have a, you know, a home and you have water and you have this and, and no one in your family is suffering from major health concerns, I would say, alhamdulillah. And, you know, when you hear these things as a mother and you're struggling with your kids, you have to feel for other mothers who are in that situation. We wouldn't wish that. We don't know. Our, she doesn't know where her next dollar will come from. Right. And so when we're feeling sorry for ourselves in our situations, and I'm going to connect it back to the menstruation here, is that we have to understand there are people way worse off than us. And whenever we're feeling really down about our situation, we have to remember that somebody has it way worse. And we need to make dua for the world. And so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for that mother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give complete shifa to her child. And to all the mothers in the world who are struggling, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. And so subhanAllah, what I want you to do today now, and as I'm moving into tip two, is I want you to think about when you are menstruating, you have an incredible opportunity. You have an incredible opportunity to do so much khair, so much good for the world. This is your week to come outside of yourself. I mean, you could still do inside yourself. You could either you could either focus on something in yourself, and I'm going to help you with that right now, or you can come outside of yourself in this week, and this could be the week where you contribute outside of yourself. So I'm going to give you some options now. And so my tip number two is keep yourself busy and use it as a way to work on things that you normally don't get to work on. Look at it as an incredible week or week and a half or two weeks, whatever you have going on, of opportunity. It is a positive thing 
that will help you to help other people and to help yourself in ways you haven't before. So you're going to use it as your very special time for yourself or your very special time to do something for humanity. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Number one is you could use it as your learning week. Maybe all week you're working, you're doing university studies, you know, hopefully you're not sleeping all day, whatever. But you're you're doing stuff that's not allowing you to like really, really learn. Uh, because, you know, it's hard to learn when you're fasting. You know, you're having fasting brain. You can't remember things so well. You can't focus too long. You start to read things and you pass out and fall asleep. We all know that happens right? So this is an incredible opportunity to learn. So for example, um, one thing that I did is I was reviewing the Sira. Like I had pulled out all the stories. I was doing, you know, note taking with that. I was listening to lectures on that. You can go full throttle with a week or a week and a half, whatever, of learning for yourself. Like this is the week I'm going to learn about the two stories of the prophets I've always wanted to learn. This is the week I'm going to study the mothers of the believers. This is the week I'm going to review the beautiful stories of the the Sira, of the the biography and the history of Islam. This is the week I'm gonna um you know do xyz so use it as an intense opportunity to learn that's one option and i tell you why a lot of people want to get closer to allah one of the ways the scholars teach us is by learning by increasing in knowledge because when you increase in knowledge you increase in your emotion when you have no connection to what happened in the past and the scholar and, and, and prophet muhammad peace be upon him and allah and how he's merciful you know like you don't feel a connection so when you do intense learning of some sort it makes you so connected especially when you you do if you did the mothers of believers and you like went and learned about how strong and and you know um and conviction these women were and that'll increase your conviction you know learning is one beautiful opportunity you can do lectures you can do books you can take notes it is an incredible time to increase who you are in learning so you could put it as your learning week and you have the energy and brain power because you have a little food in your belly and you can go and do that number two you could focus on a bad habit. So you might have came in to Ramadan and you were just like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be the best person ever. And then like, it hasn't happened that much. And then when it gets into the week of menstruation, you're like, oh no, now it's really not going to happen. No, 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 no. Now you can focus on it better because you have some food in your belly and your brain is like functioning where it's better focused. So you don't have any excuse not to do well. You have that opportunity. And there's this immense barakah in the month. All the actions that you do are magnified, multiplied. The reward is intense. So you are still in, in a month like that. Like you haven't come out that month just because you have your menstruation. You are still in that really powerful month. So I want you to take advantage of that. And so you can focus on a bad habit or a bad trait that you have. And you're going to put, you're going to learn. So for example, if I have anger issues, let's just say, I'm going to learn all about anger, where anger comes from. I'm going to start to, um, you know, focus on, I mean, I, you guys know that I teach about that. I have an entire um, class and I have a course on all the emotions for um, anger and um, depression and loneliness and anxiety and, and stress. I teach how to manage those. You know, I do that too. But but you can get that information in general from anywhere. If you want to buy books on the subject, if you want to watch lectures or YouTube videos, don't binge watch, don't get caught into that vortex. But you can learn. Like today, I'm just going to learn, um, like, where does my anger come from? Like, what are the sources of anger? Let me understand. Let me give you a little hint. It usually has something to do with pain and fear. Hmm. So if that is an issue of yours, let's just say, right? And then the next step is you're going to learn, well, where are some ways I can 
stop being angry. And then I'm going to start to practice them all that week, week and a half. Do you see what I'm saying? You can keep a journal on it. You can make deep da'a about it. You are like, I'm coming out of this week, week and a half, way better in that particular habit or trait that I have than any other time. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, how incredible would that impact your life? If you stop being depressed, you stop being stressed, or stop being angry. And even if you can't, like, not, you're not going to fix everything in a week, week and a half, you're going to get a, a serious edge on that problem. If you have invested some serious um, time and energy and focus and beautiful, beautiful intention. Ya Allah, for your sake, I am going to try to do this because I don't want to steal the rights of people by like, you know, saying sharp words to them or being ill-mannered with them. Ya Allah, for your sake, I want to fix this with myself. Help me to fix it, Allah. You are the best of helpers. You are the best of forgivers. Forgive me and, and you know, and like whatever it is and then do something about it by learning and journaling and dying about it. And inshallah, I think I made a new word, dying about it. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Number three, I have two more. Number three is charity work. I love to feed the poor in this week because I have a bit more energy. I might do that. So I will make food or I will have a, um, um, you can even, um, have, I don't want to say like have a party, but one thing I'm doing this week is I am inviting a whole bunch of young women over like, like teenage age women over, um, and university students over to my house and I'm making a halaga, I'm feeding them. I'm, we're going to teach them. And, you know, so you can also make the intention you know, we bought them gifts that have to do with helping them to connect with Allah, you know, so you can also do something for your community. You could, it doesn't just have to be like, um, related to like going out and like feeding the poor or doing something where you're like cleaning up or you could do planting trees. Like there's so many things you could plant trees and, and whoever sits under the shade of those trees, you take reward, you know, like subhanAllah, like there's so many awesome things you can do. You could even do like, get really, really creative. One sister was like, I can't like, in one of my groups, she was like, um, I can't do anything. I can't leave my house. So I'm helping to promote a charity on social media. And I am, you know, making a lot of da'a for that charity to succeed. Or one sister is like, I package things in my house and then I give them to a sister who I know is traveling to Somalia and she del- delivers them to the people in Somalia. You know, there's so many opportunities. If you want to do good, good will come your way. You just have to really want it. And so that, I'm going back to what I said in the beginning, which is that passion, that drive. No one can make you do these things. You have to just be like, I'm tired of living the way I am. I got it. I got to make a move, right? So let's just recap. We had learning. We had the focusing on the bad habits and traits. We had the charity. And the last one is to take a burden off another person. So let me give you some examples what I mean by that. So people are fasting right now. Other people are still fasting. Maybe we're not because we have that situation with the menstruation, but other people are. It might be really hard for them. There might be a sister that's your friend that has kids that she's trying to deal with them, but she's fasting. She wish she could read Quran or pray better and focus better, but she can't because her kids are like running amok in the house because they're they're bored and and her you know the mom doesn't want to go outside she's fasting could you go over and maybe say hey sis can I can I take your kids to the park for an hour so that you can read Quran or maybe you know like do something that you need to do for yourself to connect with Allah could you do that yeah it's just an hour take the kids to the park or just like watch them in the house you know let her go in her room quietly like whatever it is or maybe if you have mom and you're a university student you could say hey mom I know it's hard for you you cook dinner all the time I'm sitting in my room doing my studies or whatever I'm going to come out and do an extra thing today just to make your life easy or just go in there and start cleaning the kitchen or 
just go to your mom and just kiss her and, and say, hey, mom, you know, what can I do for you today? I would love to do something for you today since it's easier for me. This beautiful mercy to our parents, this beautiful mercy to other sisters, like this is an incredible opportunity. Or maybe it's your husband, all right? Maybe there's something that you know, errands he wants to run that he doesn't have time to do because he's working and fasting and he's so exhausted when he comes home. You know, honey, can I do anything for you? You know, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm just telling you there is so much opportunity to take this energy that you have. I know you might have a little pain and cramping and stuff, but alhamdulillah, you're able to drink water and and, and not fast. And I know it's weird when, when you're not fasting, you like don't want to eat, right? You feel like guilty and weird. But you're able to at least tell yourself, you know, I'm, I want to do a good deed today. So I'm going to put a little fuel in my body. I'm allowed. And alhamdulillah, I'm going to go and use that energy for good, to help others, to help myself, to help the community, you know, and, and inshallah, bismi ta'ala, change myself, change my environment, change the world. So I know we never think of menstruation this is positive opportunity, but we are. We are from now on in child business data. What you got out of this podcast is you are going to change your mindset, number one. Menstruation equals no ibadah, no connection with Allah. I think we've thrown that out the window. Yes? It's totally nonsense. Nobody ever, um, this This is not, I don't want to say like bid'ah, but it's not something from the Sahaba. They did amazing things, even though they had menstruation. They were feeding the poor. They were helping one another. They were they were learning. So we there is no halting. I don't know who made that up. So instead, menstruation equals a different type of ibadah, a different type of worship, and an equal opportunity, <laughs> equal opportunity to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we could do that through learning, through focusing on bad habits and traits, through charity work, and by taking the burden off of other people who are fasting with the intention of easing their their pain of any kind or difficulty of any kind, all right? I hope that was helpful. I love you guys for the sake of Allah. It is Friday. It is gorgeous weather over here. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to connect with Allah. I'm going to feel the breeze on my face, make dua, and pray for all of you. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make easy for you your fasting, make easy for you all of your um, ibadah. Please keep me in your da. Please keep me in your da that like I'm able to do this work and to help everyone and to to help my family. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, join us all in a better gathering. And Jannah al-Firdaus. Amin ya rabbil alameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Have an amazing weekend. And I will talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.